Welcome to Monstrorum Historia. This is unnatural history. You've stumbled into episode two, The Panic in Cooch Park, where I subject both myself and y'all to a earnest voice memo I left myself, um, not knowing I would immediately forget it and have to loop back around in history. Welcome back, the five or so of you, to this uh, worst, worst reason to have a podcast ever podcasted where your host has trouble speaking, thinking, and remembering. Uh, yep, that's, (laughs) if you're, if you're just joining us for some fucking reason, uh, I'm going to be, well, I already explained, did I say who I was? We just, we have to get through this part. I'll, it'll start this way every time. Confusion about what I just said. It might be charming or (laughs) pathetic. Cool. Think. Think. This time I'm going to dive right in to one of the research points of the podcast, which is the 12 plus years of voice memos I've left to myself. And I don't, when I listen to them, I don't, usually my memory's not jogged. I don't remember making them. And I often don't know what they're about. It's a daunting task to figure out where to start with that. So uh, having been trained in expert interdisciplinary research methodologies, we're just going to, we're just going to wing it. We're going to throw spaghetti at the wall. We're going to scroll my, I'm opening my uh, voice memo app. Okay, well, sorry. (laughs) Uh, What I was saying is scroll (laughs) through my voice memo app and just randomly hit one. It's like Russian roulette. The results couldn't possibly be as painful as the analogy I just deployed. (sighs) right? This one, they're all, they're all named by location. I guess GPS says where I'm at and then dates it. It's a C of my old address. And then there's one exception that says Cooch Park, July 2nd, 2020. So not too far back. Hey, Wendy, let's hear what you had to say. So you haven't been able to decide on how to do a short panel just to get your feet wet, just to start something really small. And the, the idea of starting with the classical allusion to the Iliad by um, 
sort of employing the structure of the verbiage for the just the very beginning strophes, um, but also um, weaving it into the structure of the beginning of um, the Sesame Street book, the monster at the end of this book. Um, okay, it looks like that sound is going to mean I need to jump in and, and address what I just heard. Uh, so I'm shocked to hear, it took me that long into it to understand that I was talking about doing the drawing comic panels. Hold on. Shit. I was talking about trying to figure out how to start the beginning of the book by trying to figure out just how to do a small opening panel. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here and there's just, a, we are just a little ways into it. I know I have been thinking about doing this project for years and then, and then I have to just give up on thinking about it um, as I've gone through waves of illness and then I, I forget for a long period that I want to do it and then it comes back around again. So this was summer 2020. I wasn't able to consistently feel well enough to get started on the project until August, September of 2021, which is when I officially announced to my friends that I, I think I can start drawing. I'm, I'm going to start on this thing. My voice memos to myself are always about a million different things. So I don't, I don't know how to tell you how cool and random it is that the one that I scrolled to and picked because it, it had a odd location name on it happens to be about my project and it was a year before I did it. Okay, that's that's one thing. And then I think it's hilarious that I don't at at that point I have I mean I know this. I do not know how to draw yet. But I think that the way to, I am thinking to myself clearly that the way to start this project right out of the gate um, is to start drawing short panels for the opening of the book by using allusions to the Iliad. <laughs> now, I must mean starting in media race, but I also think maybe just like calling to the muses for help. That's got to be what I mean, but I don't know. I bet you I don't tell myself what I'm saying, which is another interesting thing about these messages to me. I, over the years, I could, I can tell when I listen to these that I, I get better at remembering that future Wendy will have no context, but it's, it's a bit of detective work with a lot of these things to figure out what the F I am referring to quite often. Okay, so I let me think. I just need to interject to say, oh, uh, yes, the last part. I refer to using the structure for the monster at the end of this book. That's what tipped me off actually to understanding what I was talking about. So I'm thinking about how to make visual allusions to this childhood book of mine that is fraught with some bad memories. 
So I think the format, it looks like the format is going to be my having to stop these recordings and comments as we go. Otherwise, they'll just it'll just be too messy. I can't possibly expect you to remember all the random things I'm saying without context and then be able to tie it to my explanation at the end. So, okay, we've got a format established. I'm going to play a little. I'm going to talk about it. So you'll hear another sound that will be you re-entering the past with me. Well, it, gi- it gives you a constrained area, um, a, a constraint upon how, how much verbiage you, you have a clear thing to be working within, and it, it opens up that extra space for how, how do you tie that into images of you beginning um, to write, but not at the beginning of a story, but in the middle of a story. Um, also this is and isn't connected. You want to look at the frontispiece for uh, Monstrorum Historiae. Okay, whoa. This is this is getting fun. <laughs> I I was I'm surprised to hear Monstrorum Historia come up then because I I found it last year. Um refound it rereading Michel Foucault's uh, The Order of Things and thought, I've really got to tie this into my project. And then I I think I went looking to try to find the book. And uh, when I found the book online, then I started to remember that I'm, I might have done that before. And I looked in my computer and... Um, there already was a copy of it there. So the, those moments like this one are, there's an, there's an uncanny, uh, horrified feeling. There is a, a futile recognition <laughs> that I am looping back around. So thoughts of a hamster wheel come up, but it's not as bad as that, folks. So um, it's physically upsetting to me to hear, to hear, you know, that I think I'm figuring something out and I figured it out before and just forgot. But, but what is reassuring to me at this point is that I do keep looping back around. There are things I definitely want to say and I want to use certain texts and devices to do it and What's fascinating to me and troubling is what just happened. The the loops of, oh, in this moment, I can't believe I thought of that. And back then, I, I was even mispronouncing it, but I, uh, I, I'll have to go back and look and see. I, I must have thought about it before. I must have thought about it when I first read The Order of Things back when I was in college, uh, which is around the same time that I decided I wanted to, that I wanted to write a graphic novel, so I had to learn how to draw. 
And then I couldn't for years for all these different reasons. But I don't know if I adequately explained the... uh, I don't even know what to call it. I don't know if I explained it well. I'll have to go back and listen. Maybe it'll take me time to explain what that feeling is like. Uh, Without... Without having the right words, I just, I gotta tell you guys, it's a, it's a little lot terrible, um, but also fascinating to me as my research subject. Okay, this, these reverberations are pretty loud uh, as far as the echoes into my life right now, so I'm listening to the rest of this memo is making me a little nervous. <laughs> It's not a very long one, so hopefully I won't be freaking myself out much more. Let's go. You really want to get that book. You can't find it for under a hundred dollars right now, but it's got they've got to have scanned it online somewhere. Um, and you should really print out that whole book and um. I suspect it will be very important, not that you need added elements at this point, but this is just a reminder that if you don't get this done in the next few weeks, this is what you wanted to do. Okay, ouch, that hurts. It's clear. At the beginning, I thought I might have been talking to myself in the moment just to get some thoughts out, but this is verbiage that I've learned over time on how to talk to me in the future with the assumption that I'll be going back and remembering to check these voice memos. And the fact is that I never do. I haven't until now. I made memo after memo telling myself, Things that I wanted to remember that were important. Things that I were trying, I was trying to accomplish. It's, I feel so naive right now because I'm still her, right? Uh, telling, telling myself that I might, this might be helpful to me in a couple weeks, but I'm, I'm not aware enough to know that I won't remember that I ever said that or made the memo. It's just gonna sit there. You also, you've got a limited 30-day free trial, probably 25 days now, of that Comic Life app. And um, practicing doing the script and doing three to four panels and just doing the mock-up. There's no... It's really low stakes. You just want to see if the constraints of the app help you with the workflow of this idea that's much clearer to you now. You can throw this idea out, but this could be an experiment to see if you can just do this really small scale idea that you don't have to use later. Well, that's the end of the clip, and I can say that after I made that recording, I immediately forgot the 
I already can't remember what the name of the app is. I just heard it. But I I know that I I never did I didn't remember that I had 30 days and I didn't remember that I had the app to use. And um only after starting this project in uh last fall did I see the app still on my computer and then I saw that the 30 days was up. So um I'm feeling a bit of grief for the amount of time lost compared to my intent and desire and attempts to try to help myself. Um, but there's there's only so much help you can give yourself by yourself when your brain is shorting out. Which is why a lot of homeless people cannot get themselves out of that situation. I won't even, let's not even go there right now, Wendy. My huge fear of being homeless like this. Okay, but I I mean, it came up because hearing myself trying to help myself and having it not work is, is hard and brings all that up. Okay, so things to take away from our delve into my notes to myself um one is here there be dragons this might not always be very fun for me (laughs) and yet um really helpful in my you know piecing together what was important to me what i keep trying desperately to remind myself of what i keep trying to do when someone has lost so many memories who is left and is it just conscious memory there's some part of me that's still very aware of what she wants to do and what she wants to use to do it and through the ebbs and flows of chronic illness she keeps trying to pipe up and leave markers and booby traps (laughs) and things to uh, help me find my way. I sadly haven't been tattooing my whole body. That might have helped. Uh, so cool. Glad I chose this one. <laughs> Can't wait to see what else is waiting for me. I don't know if I'm going to keep that Iliad idea, but, <laughs> but I did end up naming my entry level tier of patrons in in my Patreon project, the Monstrous Muses. So looks like that idea is still noodling around, nonetheless. I think I need to I need to process what just happened, and uh, maybe take some time out. Yeah, it's time to pause and rest and be nice to myself and really quickly. Catch my breath. If you're hopeless and helpless and can barely make sense, but for some reason want to subject people to a podcast, you can go to the link in the show notes and um, start up 
a, a podcast like I did with with Buzzsprout. If you start up a podcast, they throw money at you and me. So be that silly person. Do that crazy thing. This podcast is sponsored in a way. My, the quality of my life is uh, buoyed in a big way by the candy company Sweet Apricity. Okay. Sweet Apricity, the candy company, wants to not kill you. They just want to give you candy. Go to their website. It's in the show notes. And if you use my code for you, Monster, um, you can try some for cheap. And not get a boiling migraine just for wanting to taste something nice. (sighs) If you guys can hear my neighbors yelling at each other, that's cool. It's just a little flavor, added little spice. Okay, I'm back. I'm that I have uh, composed myself. That was fascinating and embarrassing and uh, anxiety-inducing. And um, I just want to say that in after after seeing that. I'm so grateful that I have um, the structure of of the project of of the the Patreon project that I'm doing because everything that I'm producing over there is working as a storehouse for my work and what I learn. It's it's all going into one place that I can find that I can remember is there. I have this accountability that draws me back to it and everything's not getting lost. Um, no effort is being expended and wasted futilely. Uh, and I really wished, I really wish I could have figured that out a long time ago. I'm so glad it's happening now. (laughs) So part of the podcast is just so that I get to publicly thank the people that are there helping me hang on to my work. And so, hey, hey, my patrons, thank you. Um, Hey, two new people that are listening to this podcast, here come some names of some amazing people that have, are making the quality of my life a million times better. (laughs) Eric Britton, Arthur Trong, Tanya Butts, James Drake, Erica Hansen, Rebecca Holt, Charles Bedell, Rhiannon Patterson and Jamian, Nicole Brenchi, Kathleen Marrow, Denial, Eric Osterberg, Eve Diascoria, Zach L., Jose Amador, Alan Hunter, Melanie Marco, Freya Howells, Frank Robertson, Jake Goldsmith, D. Morrill, Melissa Byram, 8940, Agent Cooper, Susan Lynn, Jason Brazier, Cynthia Dawson, Bill Barrand, Pat Barrand, and Pace. Thank you, you brave, monstrous, wild things for helping me hang on to this and um, possibly put it together into something ridiculous for you all. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try to draw this little blind fishing expedition to a close and say... Oh, the things. 
I might have had a cool quote chosen to end this podcast with this time, but my mind is a little blown wide open by what I was uh, just exposed to by myself to myself. So I'll just wind this up by saying this has been the Monstrorum History of Podcast, produced and hosted by Wendy Barrand, with a lot of help uh, from Cooper Wilson, any of the parts that sounded right. Um, additional music is in the show notes um if you enjoy this podcast and you want to support it in the larger project and get some exclusive behind the scenes materials um access to the the podcast episodes that i won't feel like releasing to the public um which after this one feels like they'll i'm probably in for quite a few that i won't want to show everyone (laughs) and maybe also you might want to learn how to draw along with me then please head over to my page on patreon monster arm historia and uh until next time leave nice notes for yourself in the future don't be mean